0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, all you beautiful podcasters out there. Thank you very much for tuning in. It is Thursday, and it is time for the Mark Young Media Podcast. This Thursday, and every other Thursday here on in, I shall be releasing a new episode of the podcast. So please do continue to tune in. It'd be great to have you along. Today's podcast, I shall be talking to you about the Harley Davidson Pan America 1250. The brand new Harley-Davidson Pan America 1250. Harley-Davidson have finally entered the dual sport market, which is very exciting. Personally, I am a big Harley-Davidson fan, and I'm also a dual sport motorcycle fan. Uh, so uh, stay tuned. Grab a beer, grab a coffee, grab a sandwich, grab a, what, your wife, grab somebody else's wife. But stay tuned for the next 25 minutes or so, and uh, hope you enjoy. And here we go. Okay. I think this uh, ruffled a few feathers of the diehard Harley-Davidson fans when this was released in 2018. They announced that they were entering the dual sport market with the Pan America, as I've already said. And uh, basically, they're probably one of the last major motorcycle companies to enter this market. But um, I think they're learning from all the other companies' mistakes and I think they did a lot of research on this one. Obviously, they're Harley Davidson. They've spent a lot of money on this one. They've spent a lot, awful lot of money um, when they're uh, promo- when they've been promoting it as well. They have Jason Momoa on board uh, to mention only a few. Um, like I said, they announced it in 2018, and they released press photographs of it. And personally, I was not too. I wasn't. I didn't like the bike too much when it was first announced in 2018, um, with the ri- initial press photographs, or the initial initial photographs released. Um, to be quite honest with you, this thing looked ugly. Very, very ugly. The front of it looked like it belonged to a fucking photocopier, to be quite honest with you. Um, but it has grown on me, and it has grown on me a lot. Um, I'm a huge Harley-Davidson fan. I wrote Harley-Davidson's for a number of years, and I also... I was on. Uh, I rode a GS uh, BMW GS Adventure for eleven years. Just three different models in that in those in those eleven years, and uh, so I am very excited about this. Um, what do you think about when you hear the name Harley Davidson? And I think that all depends on your age, really. Um, if you were a younger generation, um, a lot of the younger generation have been have been stripping down the Harley-Davidson um, the 48, the Bobber, and really customising the smaller Harley-Davidsons, the, the Bobber, like the Sportsters. Um, that is fer- that is fairly popular culture at the moment. But the older generation of Harley riders are diehard into their cruisers, their full dressers, um, the, uh, the big touring bikes and the likes of the road kings and stuff like this. And looking at some of the YouTube videos of the reviews and of the 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 videos of when they released this uh, the pictures in 2018 a lot of people were very unhappy with this because you know they have this corner of the market this cruiser corner of the market um, that Harley Davidson are basically a lot of people thought that's their little corner and do not come out of that corner um, but they have come out of the corner they've found the door and they've entered it with this uh, with the Pan America and it looks like it is definitely going to give the, the GS Adventure and the, the likes of the KTM Super Adventure S and or a run for its money. This thing is going to be an absolute beast. Um, I think it's coming into showrooms at the moment. Um, in Ireland, anyway, it's going to be released. Um, I think possibly the end of the year or the start of next year, I think. Um, I think they're obviously taking orders for it right now. Um, Here in Ireland, um, I will say Europe. Irish look, I'll say Europe. Standard, there's two different uh, models of the Panamerica. I'm just going to go through specs here. I have my notes here in front of me. Um, You have the Panamerica Standard and then you have the Special. The Standard starts at €12,995 and the Special starts at €20,395. Um, Color wise, I think there's only two colors available for the standard model, and for the special model, I think there's four. Um, it's a grey, a black, a kind of metallic green, and a two tone. The Harley Davidson orange with a kind of a, a creamy pearl um, on the front. Um, personally, I prefer that one. I do like the, I do like dark bikes. I like black bikes on all this, but I do prefer. Um, having a bright colored bike—that's just my preference. Um, but if I did want to go for a motorcycle like this, and I did want the the bright bike, the bright colored bike, I will have to pay an extra six hundred euros for that color scheme. So obviously, Harley Davidson are projecting that color to be a popular color, so they're throwing an extra few bob onto that. Um, And yeah, like I said, I'll go through some of the specs here. Let me see. Let me see what I have here. The engine, it's the new Revolution Max 1250 engine. It's putting out 150 horsepower at 9,000 RPM. Um, The torque is 94 foot-pounds of torque at 6,750 revs. Um, The tank is a 21.2 litre. Uh, tank, the weight of the bike is, um, 258 kgs this bike is going to weigh. That's, I assume that's the, uh, that's the riding weight. That's full tank, oil, all that jazz inside it. Uh, six speed, uh, six speed gearbox. It does come with a lot of, like, it's all modern bells and whistles on this machine. Um, six speed gearbox, 6.8 inch TFT touchscreen. Now, the TFT's t- touchscreen um, has a lot of connectivity. Uh, you can obviously connect it with your phone. It's a GPS, um, but there's a lot of things uh, like there's, uh, there's a lot of things you can you can do with this. Uh, obviously, you're connecting your phone, connected to your headset. Um, you can obviously connect. Um, um, let's see. I'm I'm actually just going to go through some of the specs here. Sorry, I don't know. Um, uh, yes, a lot of connectivity, <laughs> a lot of connectivity from w- with this uh, with the with the screen. Um, some of the differences between the special and the standard. Uh, the special is loaded with premium features. I'm reading this off the Harry Davidson website website now. It's just easier to read it off this and write it down. Semi-active front and rear suspension with load control, vehicle load control. Okay, tire pressure monitoring system. That is cool. That's a cool idea. That is on. I can confirm that is on the GS Adventures, uh, the well, the TE model anyway, the touring model. Uh, center stand. I have to laugh about the um, motorcycle companies not including a center stand on motorcycles this side, this size. They're at, they're putting it in as an extra on the special. Um, I don't know. Every every motorbike I've had uh, has had a center stand. Um, Anyway, multi-position rear brake, multi-position rear brake pedal. This, no, these, these, everything I'm calling out here is uh, is is extras that are on the special model. So let me see. We have a multi-position rear brake pedal. Obviously, it's adjustable for the size of your boot or the size of your foot. Um, it has a brush guard. Don't know what that is. I'm assuming assuming that's like a a bash plate underneath, maybe. No, aluminium skid plate is the skid plate underneath. Um, Daymaker signature adaptive headlamp. Now I was reading up on this, and basically when you go into a corner, the adaptive headlamp um, judges the angle that you're at, and it throws light. It automatically throws light onto the corner. So if you're going into a right uh, a right corner um it'll uh, it will automatically adapt to your lean angle and throw more light over onto the right-hand side so you can see more of what's coming around the corner so that's what I got from that um hand wind deflectors okay yeah dual sport motorcycles should have them anyway as far as I'm concerned heated hand grips perfect what you need especially here in Ireland and the UK steering damper uh, yeah yeah I've one of those too on my XR basically the steering damper keeps the steering a bit uh, nice and heavy uh, nice and controlled at high speeds factory installed option adaptive ride height i think uh, yeah i am reading up on the adaptive adaptive ride height and this is going to be this is going to be a major seller for a lot of people i think the adaptive ride height is basically if you're short if you if you're if you're inseam is not as is kind of small uh, if you're not a tall person, um, this still allows you to to ride this bike, because basically the problem is not when you're riding, and the problem is when you stop and your feet don't hit the ground. So basically, the factory installed option, adaptive ride height. If you, when you're driving along and you stop at traffic lights, the bike will automatically lower down to a position where you can lay lay your feet down, and I think it drops down at least two inches. So basically, it's 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 helping you put your feet flat on the ground. I remember with my own GS. I don't know what the height. I don't have the specs of my own GS here, but it wasn't too bad when I didn't have the um, the passenger setting on, or the uh, if I didn't have the passenger setting on, or the luggage setting on the GS. Um, it was it wasn't too bad. But when I had a passenger on the back of the GS, you, you basically once you selected the passenger um, function on the the onboard computer, you could feel the bike raising up. And basically, I used to be able to keep the balls of both of my feet on the ground um, in one rider mode. But um, when I had the luggage and the passenger rider mode on, I was I was on my tippy toes, and which makes the bike very unstable. I was basically, when I was coming to a stop, when I was coming to traffic lights or stopping at um, Roadworks or anything like that, I basically had to pay very very close attention to where I was stopping the bike. If the bike, if the ground was uneven, I had to make sure that I was the the ground was flat enough in the area where I was putting my feet down. Otherwise, over you go, gone. And basically, GSs the likes of GSs uh, fully laden are very very heavy and very difficult to pick up. Um, so this adaptive ride right height is going to be an absolute absolute gem if it if if it's working as good as some of the reviews are saying it's working on youtube so this, this that's that's huge that's i've haven't and i've maybe i'm wrong correct me on this um i haven't heard of that on any other motorcycle so this is this is a big one from harley davidson so factory install option is tubeless laced wheels now if you're taking your bike off road um you should have laced wheels and people anyone who doesn't understand why if you have the cast wheels the aluminum cast wheels, there's no flex in the wheels there's like you might you won't see the flex but if you're if you're off-roading and you're coming down off bumps or heights the, the wheels do need a little flex and with with the um with the laced wheels there is a little bit of flex allowed and then there's no cracking and there's no pressure on anything um, but if you have the cast wheels, if if the wheel tries to flex and it goes par- past a certain amount of flex or tries to do it you're going to crack the you're going to crack your rim basically um that's my understanding of it anyway um but the the GS the GS adventure the TE models um the adventure models all have laced wheels so it's basically for that reason uh they're putting that on it um the revolution max 1250 engine Um, I don't know much about about the engine, to be quite honest. I just know the specs here, um, for what I've read and what I've seen on YouTube. But going on to reviews I've seen on YouTube, it's only recently, it's only over the last couple of weeks, Harley-Davidson have allowed um, people to uh, ride this bike and test ride this bike. Um, Like, there has been delays on this bike, and at one stage it looked like it could be it could be canceled because i think they canceled one or two other new models that they that they released that they were announcing in 2018 as well um so it looked like this one could have been canceled as well but obviously not um but uh yeah obviously so it's people are only getting to ride it now there are only people are only getting to take it for spins and i was more interested in seeing what so I was really interested in seeing what the the older, the older generation of Harley riders said about it because the initial response to it was that this 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 was a big mistake from Harley Davidson. This is something that they shouldn't do. But this is just from the hardcore cruiser um, family of Harley Davidson. And I think I think you know there is a lot of people out there who 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 love their cruisers, but they're also they would also love. They, love, they would also love a dual sport motorcycle. And I'll give an example of that. When I was riding, I was riding Harleys and I was riding a GS at the same time. Not the same time on the road now, but I had one of those bikes at the same time so I had two bikes. I remember um, I was working in a uh, Harley-Davidson g- dealership here in Ireland. Um, it was a weekend job I had and I rode in on my GS. And, you know, obviously you get the slagging driving your BMW GS into a Harley-Davidson dealership. But some one or two of them were very quick to hop on it and asked to go for a spin on it and you could see their faces that this is something that they would love to ride because to ride a juice sport motorcycle um it's it's awesome it is the riding position is fantastic these these bikes handle fantastically the GS handles fantastically and going by the youtube videos of the pan america this thing handles just as well and um basically this a lot. This is going to hit hit the box for a lot of people. A lot of people who want to stay Harley Davidson, who wants st- who want to stay on Harley Davidsons, but who who want to d- ride dual sport as well. And basically, hands up, I am one of those people. And without getting too sentimental, um, I definitely can say I was I was big into the Harley Davidsons when I was riding them, and I was big into the Harley Davidson community when I was riding the Harley Davidson as well. And it's a little a little little small piece of me. Died the day I got rid of my last Harley Davidson, and that is just that's the soppiness out of the way for for this episode. But that is the absolute truth, and this is actually quite exciting that Harley Davidson have gone into this market. So I'm very interested to see how I was very interested to see how the older generation of Harley riders reacted to this, and um, I think it's going to be uh, definitely a positive. Um, you're definitely going to get your people who love their cruisers. You can stick to the cruisers, but this, this will hit a box. This will hit the box for a lot of people. And I think the, the newer generation of riders will... They'll, I definitely think they'll question it because a lot of the newer generation of riders... They only know of the old, um, the old Harley Davidson, um, opi- the older opinions of Harley Davidson motorbikes that they were leaky, they'd break down, uh, like, and they we're t- we're talking we're talking the older Harley Davidsons and Harley Davidsons. Like, I I, I've, I I don't remember when I first started riding Harley Davidsons. I think it was back in twenty, possibly twenty two thousand, two thousand five, maybe. 2005, 2006 Maybe why I started riding Harleys And I never had issues I had Like my oldest Harley I think was in 90, 1991 or 1992 And um, It was an Evo um, And I never had issues with it Never had issues So I think that old stigma is possibly still there, but Harley Davidsons have have come a long, long, long way, and Harley Davidson have obviously invested a lot into this motorbike, and I definitely think this is going to make this is going to give Harley this is going to give BMW and KTM a run for their money. I think the people who are who are who want to stick to the same brand Who are loyal to BMW Who are loyal to KTM um, Will definitely put this down They won't even They won't even entertain it And I guarantee you They'll look at it And they'll think it's ugly um, I thought it was ugly But it's definitely after growing on me And every time I watch a video On this motorbike I, I do get chills And I will put my hand up I would If I if I had a choice to get one in the morning I would uh, Going off of what the videos And the reviews I've seen on it um. I would like to take one for a spin, um, just to see. But um, I know it would be difficult to let it go if I did. Um, so yeah, I going on from going on from that. I think it's. Did I say what the price it was? The price, yeah, especially. I did say the price. Yeah, uh, just looking at it there now. Looking on the Harley website. Sorry, I'm going through my notes here. My notes here just to seize anything I kind of left out. Um, it seems to be fairly capable off road as well now obviously when bmw were making their promo videos for their gs and when ktm were making their promo videos for their for their uh touring uh, adventure touring bikes they, you know they had professionals riding them and like you have if you if you look back at the gs adventure um um back in 2014 back in 2013 when they re re revamped their gs when they brought up when they went from 1150 to 1200 and that they brought out the, the adventure, they uh, they really, like, they had professional riders th- taking off big mounds of dirt, and they were, like, 10, 20 feet in the air. Maybe not that, that high, but up fairly high. And, you know, the standard person, I don't think, like, 90, I would I would say 85 to 90% of people who buy these motorbikes will never go off-road. The only off-road they'll see is maybe uh, tracks, um, definitely not off-roading, green laning A lot of people will never, ever go off-road on these bikes um, And that's okay There's nothing wrong with that um, I never went off r- Well, I tried going off-road on them It didn't really work I'm not an off-road rider um, But uh, I don't see I don't see most people going off-road And they never will go off-road But I still love the, looks of the look of these bikes I love how rugged they are um, I love how tough they are um it's nice having a mo- it's nice knowing you have a motorbike that can do all these things i think that's i think that's what a lot of people including myself um like love about these bikes you know they can go everywhere you know they can they can do almost they do a lot more they can do a lot more than what a normal road bike can do um personally having served in the army over 20 years it's it definitely definitely uh Tickles my fancy because of the ruggedness of it. Um, so I, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm just looking through more specs here, there's nothing else I can tell you about it. Um, it is let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Comfort, balanced, sport, a lot of yeah, it has like, like the GS and of course, like the KTMs, it does have its different rider modes. Um, it has road, off road, um, the two off road modes, um. It has a lot on it, the, let me see, let me see, Pan-American models equipped with the latest technology you'd expect from the category, okay, okay, so, um yeah, I think that is really, there's nothing really else I can say on it, Um Harley-Davidson did, they did have an off-road bike before, Harley-Davidson used to own Buell motorcycles, and back in 2005, Buell released the the Ulysses the XB12X now I did have the chance to um, I did have a chance to take this bike for a ride and honestly it's it was more this was more like a street bike that had all off road parts um, attached to it um, it did have a, it, it was a tall bike definitely a tall bike but the lock on it when you're if you were turning was dreadful it was terrible the actual muffler I think the muffler was actually underneath the bike so it Definitely, they made a they made a street bike look like a an off road bike. Um, it but definitely you couldn't you couldn't go through river crossings in this thing. Uh, I don't think you could definitely not. Um, but I do remember taking that for a bike. Um, uh, Buell, uh, sorry, uh, Harley Davidson eventually, um, uh, eventually let go of Buell, and um, uh, eventually, uh, they let go of Buell. But um, it's taken them a long time to come into the juice board sport um market. But anyway, so that's this is my thoughts on the the Pan America. I think it's going to be an absolute success. This thing is going to be right up there with the the best. Um, the last year when Hugh McGregor and Charlie Borman did the Long Way Up, the third of the series, the Long Way Series, um, the t- the third of the Long Way Series, they used the. The Harley Davidson's electric bike, the Livewire, but it was converted to it was converted to off to an off road version of the Livewire, and the suspension they used on that bike was taken from the Pan America. Now, if you look at that show, you can see how well those bikes did um, off road. They did extremely well off road. Um, I so I definitely this this bike has definitely stolen my heart. It's definitely. Drawing me closer back to the Harley Davidson um, brand, I've I've been driving BMWs now since two thousand and seven, and I would happily move back over to Harley Davidson for this bike. Um, once you get past the looks of the bike at the front, and they do start growing on you, um, I think everything else, you know, once you get over that, you it, it it's going to be uh, an absolutely awesome awesome motorcycle motorcycle. Um, but saying that, the BMW GS Adventure. When I first saw it, bef- before I started falling for the GS Adventures, I thought it was the ugliest, ugliest sin. I remember um, walking down through Cork City and there was a ra- there was a two or three um, 1150 GS Adventures parked up and taking off and stuff. And I thought they were the absolute ugliest motorcycles I've ever ever seen. They were abs- I, There's not a hope I would... F- catch myself on one of those but yet I ended up on GS Adventures for 11 years so there you go um, our uh, tastes uh, our tastes are always changing but um, that's my final thought on this this is just a, uh, a brief look uh, chat about the Pan America um, and I think it's going to be very very successful and I would love to have one parked outside and i would love to do thousands and thousands, and thousands of 1000 kilometers on this motorbike because i think it is going to be absolute an absolute beast an absolute awesome motorbike and i cannot wait to start seeing these things in person and i think whoever buys them are going to be very 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 happy and i'm very happy that harley davidson have decided to release these bikes and i think it is a lot of people are going to be very happy with them and i think a lot of people are going to be very happy to be able to be on, to be on a harley davidson and be able to go off road and do all these things because there's definitely people out there who are who um, are loyal to Harley Davidson and would have loved to have bought a GS and go off road, but because of um, their loyalty to Harley Davidson, they probably never would. So this is probably like a uh, a dream come true for them. Uh, I think it's absolutely fantastic that Harley Davidson have gone this down this route, and I'm very happy that Harley Davidson have um, obviously done their homework very, very well for this motorbike. So, okay, um, that is my two cents on the Pan America 1250, and it's gotten me very, very excited. Just in case you haven't noticed, uh, okay. So getting close now to the end of the podcast um, My update on my dry April I'm not sure if I mentioned it in this podcast yet But we are 20 days, 20, 22 days into April And I am still off the the beer I haven't, I'm haven't. i still sticking to my dry April um, I'm not saying, I can't say that I'm actually looking forward to a beer uh, Maybe I am, maybe I, my, I'm not But at the very start of April I was, I was I wouldn't say I was struggling I'm not an alcoholic, I don't drink a lot But I do enjoy, you know, a summer's evening or a nice evening or after a long day of work or a stressful day. It was nice to sit down and have a cold, cold beer. And um, I must admit there was a few days there where um, my patience was tested with different little things as it is in life. And I really did just want to sit down and have cold beer. And I stuck to it. Um, I did, like I'm not sure if I said it in this podcast, I did try the Heineken Zero. Um, what an absolute waste of time a waste of time and I would not recommend it to anybody um, I'm probably repeating myself here now um, several times but absolute no it is absolutely no point drinking non-alcoholic beer because you're getting all of the grog and none of the, the plus plus sides and I think I already said this and I said this as well <laughs> so okay folks ladies and gentlemen podcasters that is the end of this podcast this episode um, thank you very much for tuning in And my next podcast will release next Thursday, as I've already said. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy your weekend. Uh, Look after yourselves and I shall talk to you next week. Thank you very much.